Right. You know, this morning we added the additional concept, an additional concept of building a home. It has to do with, we talked about the inside walls of our homes, and that being a place of influence, influence, a place that needs the right kind of influence. And if the children need to get a little space, it's fine. However you want to handle that is good. We saw the outside of our walls that are walls of truth that stand against the enemy. You know, when Jesus was tempted of the devil, he fought the devil with the truth of God's word. You know, it's kind of interesting. It just, you would think, how, how much of a temptation were those things, you know, for God? But he was human. Um, and this was a difficult tempting uh, for him. He took on humanity as, as well. And so there was three distinct areas the devil tempted Jesus uh, in Matthew chapter 4. And Jesus responded by standing on the word of God. We sing that song, don't we? Standing on the promises of God. Matthew 4, 4, he answered him and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. In verse 7, Jesus saith unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And in verse 10, Then Jesus saith unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, in him only shalt thou serve. You know, the battle was on the outside walls, but what came right after that is what's on the inside walls. It says in verse 11, Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Truth on the outside, nurture and admonition on the inside, or ministry on the inside of those walls. Outside of the walls of life, outside the walls of our family, we become a barrage of the elements of the world, the flesh, and the devil. Second Timothy 3.12 says, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall what? Suffer persecution. Hey, we are guaranteed that. We need to prepare ourselves and our families for those times. But we must have fortified walls of truth, the pouring and securing of God's interwoven uh, word together by correct doctrine into an impenetrable wall of safety to stand against all evil. As the song says, a bulwark never failing. Or as it is written in Ephesians 6.13, Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to what? To stand. Inside the walls is a whole different story. It should be filled with love, acceptance, nurturing, and admonition, also known as the place of influence. An influence given by personal passion from our own lives. An influence that leads your children and others to the place of salvation. And an influence that develops standards. We talked about that this morning. This afternoon, I'd like to give you six other keys, areas of influence to be in your home. Now, they're easy to understand, so I'm going to be pretty, pretty brief in this because I believe you'll catch these points. Before we do, let's pray. Father, we do thank you for your blessed word. 
Thank you for the guidance we have in your word. Thank you for uh, you giving us all to stand and also all to be comforted with and to be assured with in our lives. So I pray, Lord God, you'd be in this message. Uh, help it to be a benefit, not just to the mothers, uh, but to all of us as we look at some of these things where we can have and develop influence in our homes. Well, thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. I'm going to give you six things. First one, order in your home. You need this type of influence in your home. Order in your house. Order in the court. As the judge slams the gavel, we hear that. Paul, speaking concerning disorder in the church, says this in 1 Corinthians 14.33, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. James 3.16 says, For where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. Our homes need to be orderly in behavior. Inside voices, <laughs> kindness, caring, and consideration, a place of peace. Now, I'm not talking about muzzling the excitement of children and making them into just silent nothings, but rather give excitement its time and place. But not just behavior needs of order in our home, but also the things of the house need order and organization. As the old saying goes, a place for everything and everything in its place. You've heard it. An organized, kept place allows for efficiency, effectiveness, and something else, unity, you know? It's nice to know where you go get the glass for the water, you know? Uh, if we all have the same idea and put it back in the same place, hey, it kind of works together, doesn't it? Now, I might be getting under the skin of some people here. I can see smiles on faces. Organization is an asset for unity. It keeps us working together as a single unit. In particular, you can see how important it was to God in the instructions for the tabernacle. Everything had its place, and not only that, it had specific routines. Which brings us to the second point in the message, that every home should have a schedule and routine, or what I would call rhythm. You know, God set this earth in a rhythm, didn't he? The sun comes up every day, goes down. There's a certain rhythm about life in itself. And those routines are important. It's especially important for children. In the home, if you are to be successful at homeschooling, routine is probably your most important asset. For the tiny ones, sleep schedules, eating schedules, and nap schedules work best on a constant routine. Routine is the rhythm inside a home. It is the heartbeat, as you would say. Rhythm in music is what keeps everything in time. Every home, no matter what the complexity, needs a healthy rhythm to it. If a heartbeat gets out of rhythm, as you know, <laughs> it must be shocked back into rhythm or it's in trouble. 
You know, dads are known to disrupt rhythm in the home when they take a day off work. I was famous for that. I would totally disrupt it, man. We would do all sorts of things. You know, it's okay once in a while, perhaps a fun break, but if done too often can create irregularity that is harmful. You know, moms must work through tiredness and do everything they can do to keep a rhythm in their homes. Bedtimes, mealtimes, nap times, school times provide effective rhythm in the home. And number three, the decor in the home. You know, decor tells a story of what your family is about, doesn't it? Is there scriptures and pleasant pictures in the rooms? Hopefully so. Or is it mixed with the world to include music groups, sports figures, TV stars, or whatever you want to think of there? Is the things described in your home as true and honest, just and pure, lovely, and of good report? Is your house clean? Now, there's going to be times, ebbs and flows of that, especially with kids. But do you strive to, to have a nice, clean home? Is your house a place where godly people are comfortable and the ungodly are challenged? Think about that. What does the decor of your home say to people? Something that goes beyond the physical decor of your home is the hospitality that you have to those who visit. Romans 12:13 says distributing to the necessity of saints given to hospitality. 1 Timothy 3:2 a bishop then must be blameless the husband of one wife vigilant sober of good behavior. And it says given to hospitality of all things apt to teach. Titus 1:8 says but a lover of hospitality a lover of good men sober just holy temperate 1 Peter 4, 9, use hospitality one to another without grudging. You can have the most clean home and the most wonderful furniture and surroundings, but you can fail by making the things of the home the focus. You've probably been to some places like that. You know, take your shoes off. Who knows, there might be a rag to wash. <laughs> You know, don't touch this, don't touch that, look at this, look at that. You know, there's nothing wrong with those things, but the things of the home really need to be <clears throat> the backdrop. It is that warm welcome, the gladness to see you, the invite to make yourself at home, the motivation to make anyone feel comfortable in your home, to feel relaxed, accepted, and wanted. That is to be the main decor of your home. I hope you, you, you all feel that here when you come here. That's what we... Uh, desire that you just make yourself at home and enjoy whatever we have here to, to offer. Number four, how about the music in your home? I remember something about my home when I was growing up. Many times my mom would have very pleasant, calming music playing in the home. It's not what I would call Christian music. But it was pleasant, and it had a calming effect. I remember that. I can feel that. I can even recall that from even, you know, when I was a young person of what that felt like. You know, Sundays, we, used to, we would go to church typically on Saturday as Catholics. And Sunday was just kind of a home time, but it was very just like peaceful and a lot of times just some music playing. It was really 
a nice thing. The Bible says, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. This is external music, and there's also internal music. You know, Patty, she, she won't mind me saying this, she's, she's kind of tone deaf. So her songs come out a little interesting. But you know, there's nothing like mom's songs, is there? Because it's the heart that's behind it, and it's her, and it just comes out. You know, we need to have that internal music that's guiding us and directs us. That, you know, the church services for Tim and uh, John, you know, as you lead music, you're doing something you probably don't realize. You're implanting songs in hearts. You know, you'll notice it maybe at work or I'll be humming something. It's usually something from, from church, and it carries through the week. That is extremely special. You know, that's contagious. It brings peace. Often those songs get embedded in us through worship at church, as I talked about, or as we meditate on God's Word, songs will come up. That's a good place to be. Music gets in our blood. That's why advertisers... Use jingles. I have many a jingle stuck in my head from decades ago. Hold the pickles, hold the lettuce, special orders don't upset us. That's the Burger King <laughs> commercial. To all beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. Know that one. Now, John was talking about Alex, our first baseman at, on the ball team. His little girl, she's, she's pretty neat. Uh, her name's Libby, and I start saying Libby's, Libby's, Libby's on the label, label, label. You will like it, like it, like it on the table, table, table with this Libby's, Libby's, Libby's on the label, label, label. I did, now that's probably been 30 years, seriously. Where did that, I can't even remember what I did, you know, five minutes ago, and these things come into us. So how much things should we be planting and getting in our children at home and the sounds of, of music or or rhymes or whatever you have going. One day, those children are going to have those same memories I have. And hopefully it's not too all beef patty special sauce, lettuce, cheese. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of, oh, the other one. This is, I don't know if you all would know this. I don't know if this is local, but me and John are riding home. I see a water, you know, bottled water truck, and it says Culligan on it. And it has a lady up there, kind of a cartoonish looking lady. And I said, hey, Culligan man, you know it, huh? So where did that come from? Oh boy. Let's get to number five, associating with the right people. People of good influence. Timothy not only had good influences through his mother and his grandmother, he also had the influence of Paul in his life. Brother Reader mentioned there was people in his life that made a particular impact and, and helped him in his life. We all have those. We need other people, right kind of people in our life. Faithful, loving church members, teachers and preachers, visiting missionaries who are sold out for the Lord are good influences upon the hearts of ourselves and our children. On the other side, you have to really avoid bad influences. You know, influences also are not just what's inside the walls of our house that we bring in 
where we have control. They exist wherever you take your family. We need to examine these places closely. Like the softball team, uh, we've been constantly challenged with imposed influences. And uh, so far, it's, it's been okay. Uh, but it's something we should consider making changes to, you know. We, maybe we can change this thing. Maybe we can get these church leagues back into churches, you know, or maybe on private ball fields and and uh, get that fellowship back where it is and that, that safety of that area. We need to be careful that the places we go do not create an unhealthy appetite for the world to ourselves and to our children. That activity... Success, that activity, success, and memories are those of relationships and sharing together the things of life rather than the things themselves. I remember going to California for the first time, and I went up the coast of Route 1, treacherous, most beautiful scenery, went through different places. I was by myself. I just could wish I could share this with my family. It really didn't mean a whole lot without somebody to share that with. That's what needs to be important, the people that you share these experiences with. And I'm going to end with number six, the need for church. God gave us the church. It's a necessary part of our lives and the lives of others in the church. It's a place where we Learn to work together as a unit to cooperatively get the Word of God out to the world. It's a place of accountability. It's a place to learn and to be motivated to do the work of God. Too often I see families who try to go it on their own, you might say. It sounds good and at times it may seem like the only choice in the world of a bunch of worldly churches around. But there has been and always has been and will be a remnant till Jesus comes back. You know, sometimes I have experienced family independence in a church that fosters family independence. In other words, family and church are kind of somewhat segregated. You, you know, you have your home and then you have your church, but really, family and church needs to be integrated, needs to work together. They have their place, but God set this up for us to to be integrated, to, to work together as well, to help one another, to love one another. You know, I've seen the destruction of some of these families. Maybe you have too. They get out and they do their own thing, and, and lo and behold, they're, they're, a lot of these families end up in a mess and they go the wrong way. So I'll just sum everything up here. Number one, order. Order sets everything in place. Rhythm, schedule and routine, sets the beat. Having a pleasant place to be decorated with righteousness and hospitality sets the atmosphere. Right music, spirit-filled music without and within sets the mood. Or being around the right people sets the right audience. And the need for church sets the focus like no other entity can. Let's pray. Father, again, we just are thankful for our mothers today and what they do and the difficult job they have. But you've equipped them to do that. 
And Lord, they must fight through tiredness and difficulties and bad diapers and whatever you want to put in there. <laughs> but Lord, I just pray you'd encourage them today. Encourage each of us to have this type of home, to have this type of influence, uh, to have this influence to others around us, outside us. And may we see your blessings upon our life, and may we give you all the glory for it. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Hope you had a good day today. You're dismissed to go play, go sleep, whatever you want to do. And uh, 